Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's up, guys? It's Braden Soprenit. And Top Dog. Thanks again for downloading the High School Football Podcast right here on Radio.com. Be sure to check out all of our other podcasts like Ben and Woods, The John Quintero Show, and Gwen and Chris. And be sure to subscribe so you can never miss a High School Football Podcast. I'm Braden Soprenit. And I'm Top Dog. Thanks for downloading the High School Football Podcast on Radio.com. Are you not entertained? We are back at it on another high school football podcast. I'm Braden Soprenit alongside Chris Smith, Top Dog. We are midway uh, through. I wouldn't say midway through, but we are uh, one round into the high school football playoffs in San Diego section. Uh, we got some uh, fun ones to talk about from last week. We also got some fun ones to talk about this week as we get closer to the CIF Championship Games at Southwestern College and uh, as we eliminate teams all the way down to... Uh, a couple teams that will go represent San Diego in the state playoffs. We'll also get you uh, our picks for a lot of the end-of-the-season awards that the Prep Peaks and Report puts on. I know Chris is excited uh, for that. He'll uh, break it all down for us as well as uh, myself and Chris uh, give our picks on uh, who we think uh, will win or who our vote would be to win uh, each and every award. We'll get to that in just a second. First, got to bring in uh, the man, the myth, the legend himself, uh, Chris Top Dog, what's going what's on? What's going on, B? First of all, thank you for having from having me for an entire season. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. <clears throat> the ups and downs. I still haven't got my Kearney shirt yet, so I got to go over there and get Kearney. But I just wanted to thank you for bringing me here into the beautiful Intercom Studios on ninety seven point three, the Fan, and and riding or dying with me the entire year. I appreciate it. Absolutely, I'm there for the phone calls every time. I, did you have any coaches that uh, you hash it out with this week? Uh, not a coach. I had a parent. Okay, I had a parent. You know, I got the the tweet. The DMs, oh, hashtag sleeping on me. Because you know the awards us. came out this week, so oh, you know everybody's dad calls me and says, "Oh, you forgot about my kid. You forgot about my kid." You're like, I did. You're right. I did forget about him. Thanks for reminding me. It's fine. Uh, that's what parents do because parents want the most for their kids, and they Can't always blame think, them. Uh, yeah, right. You're a parent. And, you know, you and listen, I, I make myself available. I give people my phone number. They can call me. They can text me. They can DM me. I'm everywhere, so I don't run. I don't hide. These colors don't run. <laughs> He's repping all uh, Patrick Henry colors right now, by the That's way. That's right. He, he rolled in, by the way. Chris rolled in. He's oh got boy. his Patrick Henry hat on. He's got a Patrick Henry... Uh um, sweatshirt on, yep. and he's got these white sweatpants that kind of look like baseball pants. Oh, I boy. thought for a fact he just came back from the Santee Sportsplex and That's he just uh, he just played some ball. Which you, you were a really good baseball player back in the day. Uh, so I won't go there. I won't go there. You know what? Days are long gone. Yeah. Well, come on. You got to talk about the athlete you used to be. Yeah. No, I don't live in the past. All right, dude. Come on. You're not. You're not. Uh, you're not making this fun. You're. You're. Uh, I'm just there. saying, man. You know, I don't want. I don't want to really live my glory days of playing. You know. I'm just trying to talk you up right now. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But you know what? I did. I do want to give uh, some shouts out to Patrick Henry, specific couple of players. Obviously, uh, my youth quarterback uh, played for me, and uh, that's Matthew Castillo. Uh, you'll go on there. He's actually up for Offensive Player of the Year um, at the uh, KUSI uh, 2019 Awards. Uh, he had a great season this year, broke almost every passing yard record that was held by Patrick Henry. Um, kid did a fantastic job this year, and 
more importantly, uh, JT O'Sullivan did a hell of a job turning that program around. I mean, they had three wins in three years, and this guy got him to a 500 ball club. I, you know, it's interesting watching him play call because anybody who's ever played against him, he doesn't kick off. Every single kickoff is a onside kick. Mm-hmm. And when you ask him about it, I mean, it's kind of revolutionary because I've never, ever seen a high school coach do this before. But he play, he basically says, we're going to outscore you, period. We don't even need to play defense. We're just going to outscore you. And that's his entire game plan. So, you know, in the offseason, I do plan on spending some time with JT and trying to pick his brain about figuring out, you know, I mean, the guy obviously spent some time in the NFL, 18 years on, on I don't know, 12 or 13 different NFL programs. Maybe he knows something the rest of us don't know, you know, about this game and, and, and how he's coaching it. So it'll be interesting to sit down with him, but he did a fantastic job. A um, couple of kids I want to shoot a uh, shout out. Uh, the running back. You remember the running back's name over there? The sophomore running back that did a great job? Uh, Henry? Yeah. Uh, number 22. I know his number. Blanking at the moment, but... Uh, I well, he knows who he is. Right. And if he listens to the podcast, shouts out to you. And then, of course, one of my favorite players in San Diego, Sebastian McQuiggs, uh, underclassman, came over from Saints to uh, Patrick Henry this year. I think he did a fantastic job. I want to give a shout out to him. And last but not least, uh, Raymond Brown. Raymond... Uh-oh. I'm blanking on Raymond's last name. Anyway, my linebacker over there at uh, Patrick Henry. He had a great season as well. Um, they've overachieved on everything that was set out in front of them. So uh, great job to Patrick Henry. Uh, very proud of that program. Very, very, very proud of that program. And, of course, they played probably one of the uh, better games last week. Uh, round one in the CIF playoffs, you, you usually have a lot of blowouts. You usually have a lot of games, a lot of mismatches um, in the first round because, you know, you got a handful of teams that are in the playoffs at maybe 2-8, and eight, maybe 1-9, and nine, um, you know, that are just having some, some difficult seasons. But Patrick Henry Del Norte was actually a pretty uh, good football game. Uh, Cal Preps projected it to finish 38-35. It finished 35-28 uh, in favor of Patrick Henry. It seemed like a back-and-forth back game when I watched the highlights on the prep pigskin report. There's a shameless plug to uh, Appreciate that. the KUSI uh, PPR. Um, that. But that was one of the better games. You were at the Did, did you see how that game, game finished, though? Uh, it looked like a game-winning touchdown. Two seconds left in a game, and he throws the game-winning touchdown to win the game. How cool is that? When you're in high school, can you can you imagine being that quarterback? Your, your team hasn't won a playoff game in eight years, and you go in there and get a home game. The game's coming down the line. you got a chance to win the game on the last throw of the game, and you do it. You pull it off. How good was he? How good was Castillo feeling that night? That had been a great feeling the entire weekend. Right? Absolutely. Until until of course uh, film on Monday. Coach right? Sullivan was <laughs> exactly. like, uh, "Oh, Sullivan was sitting there like, all right, it's time to focus on the next week, right? right. Um, but it's a good time when you're playing high school football. You got the Saturday Sunday you can enjoy it while watching other uh, college NFL games, and I'm sure he enjoyed that moment. Uh, Even very if much. you never strap up the pads again, and that's your last, you know, last memory you have of high school football. I mean, that's a way to go out. You know? Oh, absolutely. The, the, there's only a, a very slim few. Um, of us that could uh, you know go out on top and you know that's that's a that's a nice play to um, you know definitely put in the your hat of uh, your high school football career even if it is your senior season if it's your junior season it's probably uh, you know it's, it's something that memory. it's something that he's going to remember for a very yeah. very long time. I was at El Camino Valley Center. You were at Grossmont San Marcos, if I'm yes, not mistaken. Uh, do you want to start with the Division One playoff game, Grossmont and San Marcos? Sure. Uh, game was played at Grossmont. Uh, San Marcos traveled down, and uh, they traveled well. I mean, it was a good crowd. They came out and supported San Marcos. Um, it was a battle up front early on. Uh, San Marcos traditionally uh, passes the ball, but they lost their quarterback previous the week, and nobody knew about it. He broke his collarbone. He ended up having surgery, so they had the sophomore quarterback that was starting. I felt like he did a pretty good job uh, game management-wise. Um, San Marcos was committed to the run early. Grossmont struggled with that. Uh, San Marcos jumped out to a lead. Then they started turning the ball over. They let Grossman back in the game. 
a couple of secondary mismatches out there. The San Marcos didn't play well against secondary. They went in, Grossmont went into a 21-13 lead at the half, and that was pretty much over from there. Um, key injury in that game, prayers up for uh, Jalen Boehner. Uh, I got to see, I, I'm hoping this isn't his last high school football. I mean, obviously you won't play for San Marcos again, so it's his last high school football game. But uh, it was a pretty gnarly uh, injury, and uh, I hope he bounces back and does well in college. But I got to see the very last play of his high school career. So been with that kid a long time, watched a lot of football with that young man. I wish him nothing but the best. Uh, Grossmont, they looked, you know, I was impressed with Robert Tucker, the way he ran the ball. He He's, runs the ball really hard. He does a really good job. Um, and he, I didn't realize he was a two-way player as well. So he, he played some DB, and he did a great job at DB. Um, he definitely raised my eyebrow on him. Um, I probably slept on him a little bit the, this season. Hashtag I slept on him. So, um Grossmont looked pretty good. Uh, Texler was over there making play calls. I felt like I was watching a college football game, though, because he was doing all kinds of crazy hand signals and jumping jacks. <laughs> and it was entertaining to see him back on the sidelines coaching again. Uh, great game. Um, you know, Grossmont keeps it together, and they have their offense, you know, keep rolling. Uh, they get, a, you know, some good play out of some of those wide receivers. You know, Grossmont could knock off a team. You know, I wouldn't knock them out. I wouldn't, you know, Madison, I they play Madison this week, you know, a they, rematch from earlier this year? They really could. You know, Madison better not sleep on this because, you know, Grossman has a chance of winning that game. I like uh, – you brought up Robert Tucker, and I and I brought up we, – we do um, these promos on the, the fan all the time, and we, we play some highlight calls. I got about three Robert Tucker ones that have made the list let's hear that him. you can hear, let's hear um, the, throughout the whole time. You want to listen to one of yeah, these? Yeah, let's hear uh, That's fine. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's get to one of these right here. Um, it, it again, it's a promo, so it'll be like there'll be a little thing in the beginning, and That's then you'll okay. hear the highlight. Um, so let's get to it. Ninety-seven-three, the fan brings you all the local action of San Diego high school football. Two receivers, the far side to the near side, ball in the middle of the field at the forty-five yard line. A delayed handoff to Robert Tucker. He breaks the tackle. He's off to the races. 40, 35, 30. Nobody's going to catch Robert Tucker again. Touchdown, Grossmont. A gain of fifty-five this time. And Robert Tucker has three touchdowns on the night. Grossmont takes a 20-13 lead. You don't want to miss a second of the action on 97.3 The Fan. So see, that's what, exactly what I'm talking about right there. Because, see, Robert Tucker is a home run threat. He is. A lot of guys will try to put eight in the box. And if that kid bounces it outside, he can drop 67 yards on you real quick. He can just make one move off the left guard and cut back and do a cutback, and he's gone right at the middle and of the I field. didn't see I – did, listen, I didn't get to see Grossmont during the regular season, but I'll tell you what, I was impressed with that young man Friday night. I got to see them twice this season. And uh, the first time I watched them play, they played modern day. Uh, their offense looked like they could not be stopped. The second time I watched them, uh, they were to battle with Granite Hills. But we've seen Granite Hills. They like to battle late against teams that are better than them. Um, and I, I think Grossmont was a little bit better than Granite Hills. Um, I have. It's funny. I, I bring up the uh, the list of those highlight calls, and, and we talked about the Grossmont Granite Hills game a couple uh, weeks ago that we did. But Jamie Odom is also a kid that you know he ripped off a fifty-something yard touchdown run uh, to basically win the game for Grossmont over uh, Granite Hills. They got a lot of offensive weapons. They got a lot of guys that can play. I'm curious to see how they do against Madison's uh, round two, since it's the second time they've played them uh, this season. But we'll get into that um, when we uh, preview next week. Uh, other games that, of course, I'll, I'll talk about our game. We did uh, El Camino and Valley Center. El Camino looked really good. They jumped out to a 14-0 lead probably in the first two minutes of the game, and they ran about six plays offensively to do it. Um, their opening drive, everything was going well. Um, for Valley Center, 
until this play because El Camino is running down. They're marching down the field in their opening drive. Valley Center gets a pick. Mm-hmm. And this is where the, the, the tide just drastically turns for the entire game. I think it was on this one play because um, Garcia for, for Valley Center, he jumps the route. Or no, he doesn't jump the route. He goes off the hands of one of the El Camino receivers. Garcia's there. It lands perfectly in his hands. He starts returning it back, and the ball gets popped out of his arm. Ooh. It gets popped out of his arm. It's loose on the ground. El Camino picks it up. Um, their uh, left guard picks it up and runs 35 yards to the house, which, by the way, in doing so, um, he had to outrun a lot of defenders for Valley Center. He had to outrun a lot of guys for El Camino. Um, skill guys. So, so, yeah, he was outrunning skill guys. So it wasn't Lyman. like Lyman love. You it gotta wasn't love like it. he picked up the ball and, like, fell into the end zone. Right. And it wasn't like it was it's untouched. It's a 35-yard scamper. It's a 35. It might have been officially 25. I'm telling you right now, he had to run a long way. Was uh, he huffing and puffing? Uh, he looked. No, he looked like he was in good shape. He yeah. was he was running Who the ball was pretty hard. Um, was that Isaac Tina Samoa? It was Tina uh, Samoa. It hey, that Tina kid Samoa. is good, man. That kid is really good. We talked about him on the broadcast probably the entire game yeah. uh, because of that. And I, honestly, if Valley Center goes down and doesn't fumble that interception, I think that game different is, I think it's drastically different because the wind, they're like, you've got to be kidding me. You know what we call that? A momentum play. Yeah, that's a huge momentum play. I'm... I was sitting there watching the game, and, and I am a defensive coach, and just putting myself in what Valley Center's coaching staff was probably thinking, and I know a lot of coaches listen to this podcast, so think about, if especially you defensive coaches, thinking about you just got an interception, your guy fumbles the ball, and their offensive lineman picks it up and runs the house 35 yards. What do you think? I'm First of all, I'm upset. I don't think I don't think I can say I don't think I can say what I want on air because I think there would be an FCC violation. So (laughs) right, I don't think I can use those explicit expletives on the air. I would be like, you've got to be whatever word you want to use. Kidding me. And it's not, and it's not my kids. I'm not going to blame my kid for fumbling. I don't know. It's I mean, just like a fluke of a play, and you're like, you've got to be kidding me. Right I mean, now. you know, you can't be mad at an athlete for trying to advance the ball back on a defensive right. interception. I mean, but at the same time, it's like, dude, you see Tina Samoa coming. There's some guy like that, and you're a buck forty in your corner. Go down. Go down. Go exactly. down. I need the ball Tina more than Samoa, I need the yards. He was the one that uh, who hit, hit Garcia. Someone just nobody tackled him. He they somebody like punched it out. Oh. If I'm not mistaken, they just punched the ball out because he was running, and all of a sudden, ball just went airborne. He wasn't running with the ball <laughs> oh, anymore, no. and somebody in the El Camino jersey was running with the ball, and it was like, uh, oh my good, that was like the fourth play of the game. Um, and when you're, in, I mean, that like, can take the the wind out of your sails. Yeah, though, you know? and I was I was trying to get in the full you're broadcast. Like, can we catch a break? I was trying to get in the full broadcast mode, and I couldn't because they started the game three minutes early. Which they shouldn't have, because the game starts at seven. Oh, Lord. They started the game at six fifty-seven. We don't get on the air. You till want some 7. cheese with that wine? I'm just saying we didn't get on the air till seven o'clock. So the first couple of plays, I'm just basically calling for myself. Oh. They're like, um, uh, Coach Cantera and, and Dave Marcus, our engineer, was like, they're like, all right, we're just gonna call the game, and then when it comes to us, it's just gonna come mid whatever, and then once you hear it in your headset, just say welcome back to the whatever uh, El Camino um, Valley Center game. So I'm just sitting there like, oh yeah, he takes the ball left side, like, like half ass. And then we guess it went live right in the Yeah, and then all of a sudden we go live, and then two plays later, it is like the craziest play I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, I just finished announcing the starting 
lineup for El Camino's offense. And I like just finished with Tina Samoa's name, and then it was like, oh, look, there he is. He has the ball now, which I wasn't expecting uh, at all today. But that was fun. It was a fun game. I thought Valley, honestly, as, as the scoreboard shows, Valley Center did a really good job of battling back. They never quit. They even scored a, they scored a couple touchdowns late. Um, they were always in the game. The biggest problem for them was they couldn't get off the field. They had third and 15 defensively at least four times, and they couldn't get off the field. Jeez. They had one drive where El Camino started the ball at the 40-yard line going in or something like that or at their own 40. They had two holding penalties. And two for uh, two holding penalties that put them back to like third and twenty, fourth and twenty. They converted two fourth downs Jeez. on that drive. On like that's big, a backbreaker. But but it wasn't like fourth and two. He got it right. It was fourth and fifteen, and I yeah. think fourth and twenty. And it's like when the team gets that against you, you kind of think the football gods are against you that night. You know. And that was after the after Tino Samoa re- had that scoop and score for off. I mean, at that point, it's like we got. I mean, this is this like, what is are we ridiculous. doing, guys? What are we doing? Um, we have but a chance here. They did a really good job battling the whole time, especially from the seniors of Valley Center. Um, I, I like the way they battled back. And, and, and quite frankly, we talk about the playoff system and, and how we like it and we don't like it. And, you know, for a school that's as small as they are, uh, you know, size wise, I thought they put up a really good fight. I mean, they only have 30 kids on their team. There's only yeah. 30 guys on the roster. They're in, tough, though, man. They're well coached. They're tough. They yeah. battle hard. They don't roll over for anybody. I mean, you got to give some respect to a team like that. And they're going against an El Camino program that historically, you know, yeah. maybe not a last, like, well, they won CIF two years, two years ago. ago. But aside from, you know, probably the mid-2000s, I mean, this El Camino uh, program has been absolute top-notch. Right. Herb Meyer, I mean, that's dude, all you need to know. All you do is go up the street and look at, you know, go, go up the coast and look over at Cal. They got one of the running backs that just played there a couple years ago, Chris Brown. He was ginormous when he was playing yeah. at El Camino. Now he's, he's even, even more yeah. ginormous. That dude is scary good. He is huge. Yeah. Um, but El Camino's Watch out, got, Marshawn Lynch. El Camino had a lot more depth than, than Valley Center. I'm curious to see how El Camino does against San Pasquale, to be honest with you. Uh, they're a Division two school in the Avocado League. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, that, that should play a little bit of benefit to El Camino. I, I, I don't think that playoffs. game's going to be very close. I mean, I think El Camino's going to take, you know, El Camino, I just think. That's what I'm saying. San Pasquale, I, God bless their hearts. But I don't think they have a chance against El Camino. I don't think they do either, and neither does Cal Preps, because Cal Preps has El Camino winning 31-14. But we'll See, get to that yeah, that's uh, later the next in the show. week. Uh, any games that stood out to you? Were you surprised at any scores that came out? I was a little surprised by the West Hill score, to be honest with you. Um, You're but, not going to talk about the most obvious one? Uh, which one would that be? Party in the end zone goes up. Twenty-one nothing. Oh yeah! In the first quarter, hey, man. All in I gotta the first say, quarter, weird stuff happens in the desert, dude. How are you up twenty-one nothing in the first quarter? You don't score again the entire game, and then you give up forty something. Have you seen the? Did you see the fullback for Brawley? Dude, he's I, a big dude. I, but I'm you're just up saying twenty-one nothing at that point. I've seen, like clock management, man. Well, not only that, but if you're up 20, management, the fact that you're up twenty-one nothing and then you only end up with twenty-eight points. No, they, dude, they didn't score against us. They I know, scored the first quarter, and that was it. What did they just figure out everything that Kearney was going to do, and then that was it? That, see, so some, I don't get that. How does that happen? I don't know how that happens. You, you punch him in the mouth early, and you took your, you know, you took your shot at the heavyweight. You know, you thought you were going to knock him out in the first, second, third round. You find yourself in a in a twelve round, you know, fight, and you just you just ran out of gas. I mean, what? I don't know. I didn't get to see the film. I haven't watched it, but you know, I think I looked at a halftime and they were still up. And then all of a sudden, that second half, Barley made the adjustments and come back and just put a whooping on them. 
Uh, Brawley was a little bit bigger than uh, Kearney was in terms of offensive line and, and, and the size. I mean, the, like I said, the running back uh, for Brawley is a very large kid. He's, he was very big. He's a lot bigger than Kearney is. I, I think Brawley was That's just a polite way of saying than he's Kearney. a brawler, huh? Yeah, he, he looked. He, he was. He was. Look, he wore number forty four. Looked like he had a neck roll. I mean, Kearney <laughs> has not seen a lot of guys like that. Some desert kid. I out think. There I, listen. I think up. you know. I, t- I think I took Kearney in that game. I think that. I, no, did I take Kearney? I don't remember. I I, I might have taken. I think we all. Know. I think we took all the desert schools that were hosting. Yeah, it's hard to play on the desert. It's man. hard to, make to go that out trip, there. The trip is the trip, and I feel bad for you know. Especially, I feel bad for Mario Owls. I mean, mm-hmm. that's his last senior. That's his last game. He's a senior. You know, you drive all the way out there. You take the bus right out there. It's hot. It's like 105 out there. You play this game. You give your heart and soul to it, and then you lose, and you realize it's over. Yep. There's no. There is no tomorrow. There is no more football. High school football. Welcome to football, man. Yeah. That's, that's the tough that's part the, about this game, man. The, that's the debt everybody pays in, yeah. in terms of football because eventually it's just it's just over. Yeah. You it's wake not up like and you realize there's no tomorrow. It's not like basketball where you can go do a pickup game. It's not right. like baseball where you can go play softball or go play in a men's adult league. It's not like soccer. You can't go out there and, and kick the ball around. I mean, think about it. Every sport I just named, they have pickup leagues. You know right. where they don't have a pickup league? It's tackle football. True. And the thing is, you, you could play in the adult leagues. I mean, they have those like adult kind of league type of deal. But you it's, not, it's not the same. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't play in those games. I wouldn't want to play in those games either. I, I don't I mean, want to blow out my ACL. Yeah, and do dislocate it, my elbow. It's different when you're playing for your school and you Absolutely. got the pageantry and, and the Friday night lights, and it's just it's it'll never you can never um, replicate that. Right. And I'm sure and the guys that go into college, it's the same thing. You never replicate college. The guys go to the NFL. Yep. Um, you know the the beauty of, of playing in the NFL and the brotherhood you have with your teammates, your players, yeah, your coaches, the community, I, the connection you have that. to the community. You know, it's nothing. I mean, it's special when you go out there on Friday night and you've got, you know, two thousand of your closest friends and fans cheering you on. You mm-hmm. know, it you never get that your entire life after that. Last game for you that I thought was um, surprising: Coronado beating Mount Miguel by two. You surprised I, I by was that? Surprised I was about that. I was surprised by that. Hey, that was a heck of a goal line stand though. When he came up and put that lick on that dude, mm-hmm. man, he doesn't make that tackle. Coronado loses. That was the biggest upset of the weekend. Bes- no, uh, second biggest upset of the weekend, according to Cal. Perhaps the biggest upset was Torrey Pines uh, hammering Rancher Bernardo. But saw I, that I, I, I saw that coming. Saw that coming. Got to um, tell you that. I, I saw, I that, saw coming. that coming as well. Um, nothing gets sneaks past Chris and I. I'm uh, just saying, you know, I think I was at, officially when the weekend was done. I was 23 for 25. I think one of your losses was a team that you picked to win the championship, which was Mira Mesa, the 12 seed. No, I said they get to the championship. You I didn't said say they, they win. I pull back I the not, tape. Uh, go back. Go listen to last week. I did not say they'd win it. I said they'd get there. They'd get there who they they'd lose get to? They'd get there. I don't remember what I said they'd lose to. Was it D2? They are in D2. Oh, uh, you had them losing to Bishops, maybe? No. Yes, had losing to Vista? Yes, I had them losing to Vista. I did have them losing to Vista. I'll buy that. Even Vista's though I, still alive. Vista's still alive, Vista's yeah. still alive. Yeah, well, you, I, you... What? You picked a 12 seed to go to the championship. Which, so what? Way, it happens, man. Respect so what? that. Yeah, ain't nobody, put, ain't nobody else listen, picking a 12 seed to go to the if championship. if you can't put them on the table, they don't exist. Exactly. I'm glad you said that like that. Just saying. Because I was thinking that. Just, but well, I just you didn't know. say it. So that's Coaches, funny. you heard me. If yeah, you can't well, put I, them on the table, they, they don't exist. And listen, I'm not <laughs> patenting that, so feel free to tell your players that. If you can't put them on the table, they don't exist. All right, let's move on. We're good with uh, last week. Good. We're good with last week. Good. Everything caught our eye that needed to catch our eye. And yep. if we missed something, just call Chris because he likes, he likes all your – Phone calls. Uh, do you want to get to the awards? Yes, let's do it. Do you want to give us a rundown 
what the awards are so, for the you know, report. Uh, you want to talk about the gala too? You want to talk about yeah, let me yeah, give yeah, a little background. Give us the full uh, Thursday, full December fifth. We are gonna have the. Uh, Am I invited to 20- that? By the way, well, you know, I, that's why if you'd answered your phone today, I was when on, I called you. I was talking on the radio. So. Just when I call, you got to pick it up, man. Hey, I'm listening to 97.3. Hey, hold on, hold on. Everybody listening right now, exactly. I got to talk yes, to Chris. Yes. I got to talk to Chris. Put on speaker. This, I, we're not shy about a conversation. I don't mind if the radio hears it. Put on speaker because I was personally going to ask you if you wanted to be part of my VIP crew. I do. To be over there with me. I want to be on your VIP crew. Let's go. Absolutely. So, yes, you are officially invited. That's right. why I was I calling you today. Oh, now, you. with that said, the, on uh, Thursday, December 5th, um, invites did start going out today. Mm-hmm. So uh, VIPs look on that. I think everybody who's up for an award gets gets an invite. Um, there is limited seating. It's only seven hundred people this year. It'll where, be limited. Where is it? It's aboard the USS Midway. Oh, again. So yes. back on the Midway. Twenty first annual uh, Silver Pigskin Gala is Thursday, December fifth. Um, there will be standing room only. I, I can officially probably say that. There's a lot of standing there's gonna room be, over there. There's going to be a lot of people there. Uh, I I anticipate close. Having close to eight hundred to eight hundred and fifty people that show up this and year. It's in the hangar. It's in of the, the hangar Midway. bay. It's so, not on it's not on the deck where it's the cold. USS Midway will be open after the show. So you can go if you've never been to USS Midway really? and you come there. Yeah, and you don't even have to pay to get in this thing. It's free. Was that the case last year? It is. It's always been the case. Anytime really? we've had it above the USS Midway, they keep it open. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because there's so many because people are like kind of looking around like, oh, I wish I could check this place yeah, out. Go check it out. Done. Go check it out. That's good so, to know. It's good we kind of have a partnership with them. Um, we do a lot of sponsorship with the USS Midway. You know, KUSI is big on Veterans Day. We covered the Veterans Day Parade. Which we do a, a lot of support for the military here in San Diego. So it's important to us as, as a community to support those who support us so with that said we have if you remember prior to last year prior to the 20th year we basically had one award that's right and it was what it was the silver pigskin that's it right Mm -hmm. well we realized after time and a lot of nagging to paul rudy a lot of (laughs) nagging let's be candid a lot of nagging to paul rudy that we need to include more players in this award ceremony and we wanted to make it more and more like uh, an sbs type show where we included, included more people from the community and SBs, recognized Oscars, everybody. Exactly. It's, it's, you don't just have the best picture. You've got best actors, supporting actors. You've got all those, San right? San Diego High School football awards. So we evolved slightly. Um, we do have, I'll go over some of the, the different categories. We've got Offensive Player of the Year. We've got Defensive Player of the Year. We've got Special Teams Player of the Year. Uh, best Two-Way Player. We've got Coach of the Year. We've got, now this is a new one this year. It's called We're Back Team, which is the best bounce back team. So, Did you come up with this one? No comment. This has your no. It doesn't. Yeah, don't it does. don't throw me under a bus. Come you on. say we're back all the time. We're back. I, but I, I'm not dogging it because I like the award. I like the idea. I'll dog it. I'll top dog it. Oh, oh. ouch. Anyway, underclassman of the year. Uh, obviously, we have the Iron Hog, the Silver Pigskin, and there's one more that you don't see on here that people don't get to vote for, and it's our award that we choose, and it's called the Admiral Award, and that is basically the most outstanding. I guess the best way to put it is most outstanding human being in high school football. That means you have to go above and beyond. You have to be a good teammate. You have to be a good student. You have to be good in the community. You have to be like an all-around great person. To and get a good award. player? Or does it matter? Uh, you know, I don't think football matters as much when it comes to this award. I think so it has like to a community do with, award. It, it's community, but it's also character. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to be somebody that affects a community in a positive way. The, the previous award winners, our first, uh, first award winner was um, Ike Hall from St. Augustine. I think he had like 2,000 hours at St. Vincent's to Paul, which I'm sorry. I mean, I volunteer in the community, but I'm not giving 2,000 hours to St. Vincent to Paul. That just ain't my thing. But he did it. It could end up at Princeton. 
Last year's winner was Diego Preciado, who did at somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty five hundred Stanford. Thirty five hundred um, hours of community service last year between like five different organizations, not to mention volunteering at the Rock Church. I mean, the kid was a phenomenal human being, can and he's he's actually like you said, he's playing at Stanford now. Can you think about that for one second? What you just said, thirty five hundred hours of service. Yes. I did over one hundred and fifty hours of, of service through my four years of high school. Yeah. And I got a little like I got a written a like I got a written letter from like President Obama because if you get over like 150, yeah. you get like. A, and I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. I put a lot of effort. Thirty five hundred yeah, hours of nuts. service. I mean, that just I look like I didn't do anything. I was like, oh well, thanks for. That's why I said, like, up. you know, people think, oh, you just it's just a hand me out award. No, it's not. No, like, it's not. Let's be honest. Th- those are people that change the world. You need people like that to change the world. So those are some of our awards. We're also going to have uh, bands, a ton of mascots. Uh, if you haven't seen all the different mascots that are around San Diego County, they're all invited. You get to see, like, the Kearney Comet. You get to see the, the Helix Scotty. Halo Joe. Who's that? You know who Halo Joe is? No. I'm a cathedral guy. I'm talking about Halo Joe. Bro, I don't know who that is. It's heck. a Saints mascot. It's like, dude, it's like a saint. He's got, like, a black eye, and he's got a halo hanging around. You know, you ever seen Halo Joe? No, bro. Dude, he was, I'm Halo, pretty sure Halo he was Joe. at the thing last year. You know, I'd like to see the Don out there in full getup. By the way, there's a Don. Well, I wait. We I did see the Don. Don. He's a little Bandero dude, right? He's yeah. He looks like uh, he looks like the Gaucho from like UCSB. Yeah, I have seen he's him. He's got the like the, the yeah, hat with yeah. the little thing. He's got the little out. mustache. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. So like, uh, we, we hey, didn't is have he gonna full... be there? I, just, I don't know. They gotta, dude, bro, make it happen, bro. They gotta, they gotta go find him on campus. Bro, make it happen. You're the guy. I can You're make it happen. Guy. Make you, it happen. You know, we need him there. I need the gaucho. You know who was the Don last year. You, I do? You do. I know the person? Yes, one time. He was he was the Don last year. Wait a minute. I think I might know. You might know. He He's was, in football operations now? He was a very large Don. No. Yeah. No, I don't know. No, I'll, I'll tell you off air. I can't be giving what? away no, secrets. No, come on. I can't be giving come away on. secrets. Everybody in San Diego wants to know now. You can't just throw it out there no. in a podcast and not tell nobody. Hey, man, you were talking about the Chick-fil-A cow for a long time, so I'm not I'm not giving it out there. For those of you who don't know, the first five weeks of the season, I was a Chick-fil-A cow oh, on the Prep Pigskin Report. Yes, it is it. true. He yes, really wants I to know really who the did. Don was. I got to know who the Don is, man. Come on. This was only one time. Okay. Um, I think it was for the rally. It might have been for one of the games. Was it, was it Ross? No. No, not Rossi. No, it's one of the staff members at Cathedral. Sal. No, closer. Fierro? No, Suka. Suka. Suka follow? Suka no the, way. Suka was the Don one time. Dude, Suka, I'm calling you, and I'm going to You better get a saddle on, buddy, because I'm going to ride you like a horse think, for that I one. I think Suka listens to the podcast, so he's going to listen to this and, and be mortified. But I know listen, he was I, one listen, time. I, I, I know you do anything for Cathedral. If that's the case, I know that, you but, know the guy that needs to show up to the gala. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good. Good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I do. I'm making that call now. I'm making that call myself. Suka, I'm calling you, buddy. I need but, you. But he, you got to make Suka wear the, uh, the full getup. Because for a long time... The full getup? After they left, uh, after Cathedral moved from... Uh, uni to cathedral. Yeah, the the costume was lost. It was just the mask. Dun, dun, dun. So when I was when I was in high school, like sometimes like some kid in a PE uniform, he'd be wearing like a a cathedral Catholic PE T shirt and like basketball shorts, and he'd have the dawn face with no hat, and it would be the creepiest thing ever. It's like where's the guy's clothes? Where's the where's the, where's the, <laughs> where's the rest of the outfit? Where's the dawn? Hey, deal? by the way, how cool is it that Tony Gwynn Jr. just walked out and said goodbye? That's oh, great, man. Hey. I get to work with him all the time. It's it's awesome. Dude, that's a son of a Hall of Famer right there. It is. Son of probably, arguably, the greatest hitter that ever played in, in Major League Baseball. Not only that, he is the son of probably one Mr. of the most Padre. iconic San Diegans ever. of all time. Ever. So, it, yeah, but, but we digress. Um, so the get up, yeah, he's got to get the, the full outfit. Okay, so back to the, the game. Full outfit back to the game. The yes, thing. we are going to so have So you said those. mascots. Uh, one other one that we're not going to talk about on the on the show um, I just want to make sure people know about the play of the year is yes. another is another award yes. um, that you can go on on uh, KOSI, uh, dot com to vote for if you want to go on and vote before Chris breaks it all down. Uh, voting will close. Understand this. It? Voting will close November 29th. Uh, that is at November 29th. Uh, there are a couple of things that you will not be able to vote on that are selected uh, just by the, K- the KUSI PPR staff. Um, which we don't make public. I mean, it's our show. We put the work in. There's yeah. all these red jackets out there. Oh, since we're on the topic of voting and opinions and everything like that, if I want to clear this political, up, I'm turning your mic I, off. I just want to say this. I want to clear up <laughs> one thing. Everybody and their mom's got an opinion on how we come up with these people for these different categories. And I want to set the record clear on this. It is not stats alone. It is not football play alone. There are 13 different individuals that sit inside that room that have arguments and we fight and we discuss and we go back and forth about the merits of who belongs in what category. So as much as I appreciate everybody saying, oh, they only go off stats, that's not true. Oh, they only go off their favorites, that's not true. Yeah, they only go off people who appeared on their television television show, that's absolutely not true. The, the reality of it is we cover 86 teams in San Diego County over the course of a high school football season. For some of these coaches, fans, and players, you get to see 10 teams. So you never see some of these players out there. So we, we appreciate your opinions, but i also like everybody to appreciate the hard work and dedication of all those Red Jackets, all the administration, all the staff, all the videographers, all the photographers, all the field reporters, Paul Rudy, Brandon Stone, myself, Madison Sinclair, all the people that go out there and put in the hard work on this, how about a little respect for how much we put into this? Well, the thing is, it's if they didn't do it, nobody would be doing it right now. Yeah. I don't, right? see, I mean, any, I don't like, see any other media outlet putting this much effort into your community. Into your high school kids. Go yeah. to another city and see if they're doing stuff like this. Yeah, go to L.A. You think go LA to San Francisco. You think, uh, well, there was a little show that you used to be a part of that tried, but... Tried in L.A., maybe? Womp, womp, womp. They were on TV though. Oh, that's a problem. They never put me on TV. Well, it's an issue. Obviously. You're my guy. Absolutely, you're um, my guy. Even when you were there, you were still my guy. <laughs> anyway, um, they <laughs> Shots do have fired. they do have other shows around the country, but it doesn't go as much in depth. In, Nobody in, in San Diego does what we do. Period. 
Period. Well, point fine. blank. I'm, I'm, done. I'm comparing you to to national entities as well. I just want people to take a step back and realize that you know, as much as you want to complain about it, look around. At least we're covering high school football. No, we're right? not just covering it. We're investing in these kids. We're giving them, you know, accolades and kudos and trophies and having a ceremony for them and having a Friday night show where they can gather with their community and talk about the the high school experience. You're making memories. Exactly. That's hey, listen, we're in the kid business. You're Don't get it memories. twisted. We are in the kid business. All right, let's talk about the voting real quick. We're going to rip through this, but uh, if you want to vote, KUSI.com slash 2019-prep-pigskin-report-voting page. I'll make it easy. You go to KUSI.com. Go to the website. On the right-hand side, there's a little KUSI logo. I think it says, vote for the PPR 2019 awards. Click on that. It'll take you to the page and vote. Yes, that's what it is. Give you an idea. Within one hour of dropping this today, we already had 7,000 votes. Wow. 7,000. By the way, I think Nielsen's getting it wrong because if you're telling me that 7,000 people voted on this within an hour and my Nielsen ratings are what they are on a Friday night, something's wrong. You know how they do Nielsen ratings, right? I don't think they're, I don't think that's legit. Me that, and Rudy had a discussion about this today. That's Both how of they, us were like, ah, I don't buy the Nielsen stuff anymore. I, well, here's the thing. I, 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 that is what they do. I just, don't agree with how they do it, with, especially with technology as nowadays. But I'm not going to complain about ratings. Uh, let's get let's into it. Um, the top award on there to, to vote for is the Silver Pigskin. We're going to save that for the end. Uh, let's start with Offensive Player of the Year. Kale Patterson of Orange Glen, Clarence Freeman of Bishops, David Flores of Vista, EJ Crutzman of La Jolla Country Day, Matthew Castillo of Patrick Henry. Uh, who's your favorite in this one? Who do you like? Okay, so unofficially, I'm going to give you what my picks are. This does not represent KUSI. It does not represent Prep Pigskin Report. These are... Christopher Smith, a.k.a. Top Dog. These are my personal picks, okay? Just to clarify that with everybody. For Offensive Player of the Year, I'm going to go with probably the most underrated wide receiver in San Diego County. I love the kid. I think he's a fantastic human being and a hell of a football player. I'm taking Clarence Freeman. There's a lot of guys on this list I like. I really like Kill Patterson and what he's done um, for that Orange Glen program. The, the nice story of the father-son, um, you know, coach running back thing. I like... Um, uh, who am I blaming on? Uh, Flores uh, Vista. I think he's done a really tremendous job as well. Any one of these kids is well deserving. It's, it is. I, I'm gonna go. go. With, I'm gonna go with EJ Crutzman because of the the numbers he's putting up and and the things he's doing at La Jolla Country Day. Plus, you know, get a little love to the, to the small schools. That's not the only reason I'm voting for him. I do think he's probably the best offensive player. All right, let's move on to the next one. What's the next guy? Defensive got player of the year. We got two guys from Cathedral: Devin Dye, Jordan Allen. We got Jeremiah Fletcher of Helix. We got Marquise Allen Patman of Lincoln. We got Ozzy, or, uh, Austin Nichols of La Jolla, or La Costa Canyon. I don't know why I said it, La Jolla. Um, I think every one of these guys is well deserved for defensive player of the, week, of the year. Um, you obviously agree, otherwise we wouldn't have this list. <laughs> Pretty much, it's not my list though. To be clear, I know you. Um, but you are one of the people that help in the room. Out, I was that in the room. help help with the list. I was in the room. But it's not your list. It's not my list. I agree. With that said, my defensive player of the year, I, I'm torn, man. I'm going to tell you, this is probably the hardest one of all of them. Um, in my heart, I wanted to select um, Marquise Allen-Patman. Um, but at the end, I felt like Jordan played in a few more bigger games against, you know, uh, some bigger competition. Um, with the team, Seguro, uh, Corona Centennial, I felt like he showed up in those games and he was a different make, difference maker. So in the end, I had to vote for Jordan Allen. I'm gonna go with Jordan Allen too. I see him uh, play a lot, and I don't want to be biased, but he. I, I tell you what, stats aside, you watch film. Go watch film. Go watch number five. He's gonna be at the ball almost every single time. He's got a nose for even the ball. Agree. even if he makes a mistake, 
he's going to still end up at the ball. I mean, right. he could totally make a mistake on a play, and but he's still there. you're a little there. biased, though. You coach the kid. You're around him all the time. You see his his positives and his negatives. So you I see, see the positive and the negatives as well. So I, you might be a little more you know, biased on that one. But I'll say that. I do think you voted Jordan, for him first. I did vote for him. I do think he's probably the defensive player of the year. All right, moving on to the next one. Special teams player of the year. We got a couple of kick returners here. We got a couple of kickers. Uh, Zeke Mata of Mission Hills is a kicker. Matt Killam uh, is a kicker for Scripps Ranch. Axel Gonzalez, a kicker for Grossmont. And then two returners in Benjo O'Brien for Lincoln and Chance Johnson of Steel Canyon. You go first. I go first. You know what? I'm going to be biased in this pick. Go for it. I'm going to pick the Scripps Ranch kid. I'm going to go Matt Killam, the kicker. I'm going to give kickers some love. I, I appreciate that. That's a good. That's a good call. I think he's a great kicker, fantastic kicker. I don't think many people know who he is, to be honest with you. But I think exactly. he's a heck of a kicker. I think he was a uh, forty. No, I, I don't want to correct get the kid's stats. He's a good kicker though. Now, I'm gonna go a different route. See, I already know who you're gonna pick before since we talked about off air. So I set you up to to pick this guy. I want to give as much love to pound these kids for as pound. Uh, I know who this is. Pound for pound. Inch for inch, the toughest football player in San Diego County. He's got the heart of a lion. He's coachable. He's got incredible work ethic, incredible young man. That's none other than Benjo O'Brien. I'm taking my Ben 10. Love the kid. I'm taking Ben 10 for the special teams player of the year. You don't want to make two awards and have the returner of the year and nope. the kicker of the year? Nope. All right, fine. So I take the kicker and you take the returner. That's fine. That's yep. fair. I got to give some kickers some love. Two way player of the year Anthony Gilpin of Olympian, Cole Wright, Carlsbad, Jalen Boehner, Sam Marcos, Michael Ambexter of St. Augustine, as well as Samuel Scaife of St. Augustine. What were the requirements for two way player besides, of course, you know, playing on offense and defense? You have to start on offense and defense. You have to have stats for both. Um, what was your, your guys' um, requirements for this one? Yes, yes, and yes. You had to play two. You obviously have to be a two way player. You have uh, to play yeah, offense and obviously. defense. Uh, you don't have to necessarily be a starter, but you have to be an impact player. You have to be a guy that's making plays on both right. sides. Right, you got to make ball. plays on both sides of the ball. You got to stand Perfect. out. Like that's a guy that basically he's playing eighty to ninety percent of the entire game. I'm going to go with Cole Wright in this instance. I think he's uh, arguably one of the best players in San Diego County. I think he makes it, it makes an impact offensively and defensively for Carlsbad. Um, and you could tell because at the end of games he. Uh, looks like he just played both sides of the ball. Um, and just like a lot of these guys do, uh, I like Michael Ambixer. He's a guy that's going to be in the trenches, so he doesn't get as much love as, as probably a lot of other kids do. Uh, Jalen Banners had a really good year at San Marcos. Samuel Scaife, uh, we've gotten an interview a handful of times. Uh, he, 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 he drops the hammer every once in a while. Um, and then Anthony Gilpin I've seen over the last couple of years um, with Cathedral playing Olympian. So I, I like all these kids, like I said, I, but I think Cole Wright's the best out of the bunch. Uh, you know, up until one game, this was still pretty much wide open for me. Uh, I want to. I'm going to set you up now. How many games did Olympian win this year? I think they won like three. Did they get? Did they get the three? I don't know. Two. I think they won two games. Two games. One of those games was decided by my best two uh, best two way player of the year. That's Anthony Gilpin. I'll be clear here. In one game, this kid had three receiving touchdowns, two interceptions, two forced fumbles, one fumble recovery, and a block punt. That is one heck of a stat line for one game. He by single-handedly made sure that, and by the way, that I mentioned at halftime, they were. That, that was, was interesting. Weird. That just popped up? Yeah, it just started playing. <laughs> that was it was a Carlsbad highlight, but it wasn't Cole Wright, <laughs> so, unfortunately. with that said, I'm going to go with uh, Anthony Gilpin. I think he is one of the most underrated high school football players here in Southern California, not just San Diego, but Southern California. 
in my opinion, the best two-way players in the UK. Uh, we're skipping play of the year because um, it's, it's more of a radio. video thing, and we, I don't want to sit there and discuss every single play that happened. Although I did get to see a handful of those plays, which is kind of fun. Uh, Coach of the year, Marlon Gardnera, tremendous job at Scripps Ranch, their first undefeated season I think ever uh, Scott Longerbone of uh, Longerbone of uh, Steel Canyon. His team was uh, nine and one this season. Thad McNeil wins the Avocado League and uh, for Carlsbad. J.T. O'Sullivan has really drastically turned the Patrick Henry program around in just one season. And Robbie Owens at Helix, of course, uh, being the coach of the best team in San Diego. Uh, this one's pretty tough for me, to be honest with you. I really like the job Marlon's done. I've got to watch him turn that program around firsthand. Uh, again, he's one of my neighbors, and, and I, I, I know who he was when he um, when he applied for the job and all the time and effort he's put into that program and a program that I have known for a long time because living in the area, playing Pop Warner through there and seeing the difference that that program is now and how much better it is and how much better off it is. And I'm not just in terms of winning, wins and losses, but establishing – an off-season weight program and getting the kids to lift weights and buy in and work out and do a full program that all the top programs do because, quite frankly, it's not it's something that all schools can uh, do and it's also something that all schools can do um, due to other factors as well. The other thing is too, every kid on Scripps Ranch's uh, football team has a very high G- what do they got a team GPA of like a three point seven? Is that what the uh, the article is, uh, you know, Coach Gardnera, Marlin's doing a really good job of, of making it a, a 3.0 minimum to play for his team, the back he has from the administration in order to do that. I think he's done a tremendous job. That being said, I think JT O'Sullivan probably gets my vote for Coach of the Year because of what he has done in such a short amount of time for Patrick Henry, what Patrick Henry has been, um, you know, maybe since almost Ricky Williams was there. I mean, it's been a long time for Patrick Henry. Hey, take it easy. That, in 2012, we were 8-1, and one, and we lost in the first round of playoffs to a running back who had 2,500 yards rushing. So take it easy on my Patriots. Hey, man, I'm, I'm saying it what a tremendous job J.T. O'Sullivan has done. Um, you know, it used to play Patrick Henry. There used to be in our league when I was playing, and it was almost it was like almost a, a bye week to a certain extent. And now Patrick Henry is a team that – not only is winning a lot of games, they're scoring a lot of points, um, and they're getting back to some some good football over there. I know you're a proud Patrick Henry supporter as you uh, wear all your Patrick Henry gear coming in. Brand new stadium over there. It looks like J.T. O'Sullivan's turning around, and, and honestly, the job that he has done in such a short amount of time, I think it needs to be noticed. I, I 100% agree. I, I would, under normal circumstances, I would give my vote to uh, J.T. O'Sullivan. Three wins in two years, and he came out and, and really turned the entire program around. Got the administration buying in, got players buying in. Listen, some of those guys are on the team. I didn't even know what's a school there. That's what happens when you recruit your own campus. And I think JT did a great job of that. You know, when I first met the guy, did we see eye to eye? No. Was I a fan of JT O'Sullivan? No. But over time, he showed me his character. He showed me his dedication to his team. He showed me that, you know, he coaches his players up. And I'll tell you something right now. He is so unconventional when it comes to his play calling. But the most impressive thing about what he's done in that program, you can see the influence of the NFL wide receiver routes when they do double moves. He's teaching kids advanced football that these kids haven't seen in Patrick Henry in 20-something-plus years. I mean, what he brings to the table is it's impressive. With that said, Marlon Gardner went 10-0 and and ran the table in a program that has never done anything like that. Even when they had Tate 4CA and they've had some other great players come out of scripts, 
Scripps has never been this dominant. And and I don't see anybody stopping them in their division when they go out to the playoffs. With that said, Marlon gets my coach of the year vote. Marlon Gardner is my coach of the year. Let's get to uh, we're back team of the year. Do you want us uh, to give us the uh, you know kind of breakdown of of um, so this is basically what, how, an award that's like it's a good comeback story. You know, it's it's about teams that maybe they weren't competitive last year, maybe they didn't win very many games, maybe nobody had any expectations from them, maybe they're just a surprise team that just came out of nowhere that nobody saw coming. Everybody was like, oh, they're going to be terrible this year, and they turn out to be really, really good. Ah, uh, the the nominees are Castle Park, Montgomery. I'm gonna read like the Oscars and the nominees. And the nominees: Castle, <laughs> Castle Park, Montgomery, Mount Miguel, Patrick Henry, Scripps Ranch. Two teams in particular stick out to me. What are they? Uh, it's Castle Park and it's Scripps Ranch. Uh, Scripps Ranch going ten and zero again. We just talked about it with with Coach Gardenera, um, and they got three nominations so far as we're going through the list to win awards. So they could be going home with a lot of awards, and they're they're well they're very well deserving. Um, the other team, uh, or so so it's Scripps Ranch Castle Park to me. Uh, think about this. Last year they had to forfeit two games because they, <laughs> they didn't have enough players. Kids. They yeah. didn't have enough players. You're stealing my thunder right now. And now the they're nine and one. I yeah. mean, the job that Chris Livesay has done. Um, as the head coach in his first year, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dog you guys for putting the list together because and, and if my my only gripe would be why isn't Chris Livesay on the list and I'm sure there was reasons for why he wasn't on there and I there were seven get... names on there we had to get it to five yeah, unfortunately that, that's that's fair I wasn't part of the meeting I wasn't there put my foot down and put my <laughs> own two cents so that's, at that's two fine. in the morning when you're going over these it gets a little rough yeah well I would have I would have spoken up for Chris Livesay anyway I understand um so I, I think uh, Castle Park has done a tremendous job and and I think Henry and Mount Miguel and Montgomery look at it look case fact of the matter is we didn't think any of those teams were going to be that great this year. As good as we knew that it might be turning around a little bit, we didn't think any of those schools would do what they did. Man, I'm torn between Castle Park and Scripps Ranch, to be honest with you. Um, it's almost like I want to go back and change my other vote to Marlin Gardner up at Scripps <laughs> to get that award so Castle Park can get the uh, We're Back Team of the Year award. Um, See, these awards make you think, don't they? No, I, they do. And, um, and they, that's the point. I like uh, I really like Castle Park and I really like Scripps Ranch. You go first. Okay, well I'm gonna make it pretty easy for me. I think the greatest turnaround. I mean, listen, I, at one point I thought they were gonna lose football at Castle Park. I honestly did. I mean, they had to forfeit two games because they didn't have enough players. And and I think a head coach quit, assistants were quitting. I mean, I was really concerned that they weren't gonna have football at all. In a program that and used to be see, very dominant back in the day. Right. So it went from a high to a really really low. And they're back to 9-1 and one in one year. Livestay has done an incredible job with that program. For me, this is hands down, no question, the best turnaround story in all of San Diego football. Even, even what J.T. O'Sullivan did with, with Patrick Henry, it is more impressive in the fact that two games are forfeited because you didn't even have enough players. That means you did not have 22 players at minimum. I think he had 18 players at one point. Couldn't even field a team in two games. The very next season, they're 9-1. I think the only reason he might not have got coach of the year or nominated for that was probably because of the division they play in. That's but, fair. And I, I think and that's if if I was guessing, I mean I can't speak for everybody out there, but I think that is the only reason why he didn't get a nomination for it. I know Chris has done a fantastic job down there. He has my respect. I think he's done a fantastic job. And for me, the we're back team of the year, the the good feel good story for, for a bounce back is definitely Castle Park. I'm glad you said Castle Park, so now I can say script French. Homer. No, I was torn on the two. So you picked one, I picked the other. I like Scripps Ranch. Uh, as, well, as do a, we have to be balanced here and fair? 
No, we have to give love to as many people. As, is this Fox and Friends? What lo- is this? We have to give love to as many as many people as possible. I don't know. Um, just trying too to political right now. That's fine. Underclassman of the year. We got to start picking up the pace a little bit. Uh, Underclassman of the year: Byron Cardwell, Saint Augustine, uh, J- Jacob Laverdier of Mount Miguel, Kavika Two of Oceanside, Mo Jackson, San Diego, Wesley Neely of Steel Canyon. Um, I really like all these guys. Again, another. Damn it, Chris! Another one, another one where you got got me thinking about every single uh, nominee here. That's when you know you get it right, right? When exactly. you really make people go ooh. Yeah, I mean, I'm almost. I only got to pick one. I'm doing it like the SAT on a Saturday morning. Like, I right, know it's not that one. Well, maybe they can. Hopefully, I can not eliminate. Well, let this me go one. first. Let me go first. All right, I got go two. First. It really comes in to two guys for me. Uh, it comes in to Byron Cardwell because he is a heart and soul and the backbone of the Saints offense. That was one of the guys for me. And the other one is. Gosh darn it! Probably the best player in the entire North Carolina. It's Kavika Tua. That kid ah. is something freaking special. Those are two dude. guys, ours. So I'm just saying. I mean, for those two, it comes down to those two. I think pound for pound, though, when you put two of them up against each other, I think Kavika means more to his team. I agree. I think that Kavika you just, just has took my argument a out of little my bit too much. I mean, the entire Oceanside offense, the emotional. I mean, even last week when he had that great game, he didn't take the accolades and kudos. No. He gave it to the other kid and said, you know what? You're the senior. I'm the junior. You take the limelight right now. You can't get that kind of – you can't get kids to do stuff like that today. Kavika is an old school, just a Ronnie Lott type, Marcus Allen type player that inspires you to be a better human being and a better football player. The underclassman of the year for me is Kavika Dua. I, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, I think – under when you think of underclassmen of the year, you got to be thinking of a guy that's not a senior, that is a big impact in why his team wins. And I'm not Absolutely. saying Byron Cardwell's not or any of those other guys are not because I think they do play big factors and they're really good football players. But if you take Byron Cardwell off St. Augustine's football team, they still win. They can still win games. Yep. If you take Kavika two off Oceanside's team, they're not the same team. They might. They might have been. You know, like a eleven seed in Here, the. Here's another example. Playoff. Let me add to that. Here's another example. When I talked to Mission Hills and asked them, "How did you guys beat Oceanside?" You know what they said? Stopped Kavika Tua. We put eight in the box, and we were committed to stopping Kavika Tua. Now, when you take when the entire defensive coordinating plan is to stop one guy, you are the guy. Especially if he's an underclassman. That's why he wins underclassman of the year. That's my vote as well. Last one, Iron Hog. Let's get through this so we can pick some games and uh, call it a night. Uh, Carson Phil of uh, El Cap, Cypress Hill of Kearney, Jonathan Harrison of Carlsbad, Josh Boma of Script Ranch, and Logan Burzens of Cathedral Catholic. I think, again, you have another great art. You can make an argument for each one of these kids to win the award. Josh Boma, a guy that was playing tuba in the band last year. He's never played football before, and now he's an Iron Hog candidate because of the impact he has had for Script Ranch. Jonathan Harrison, of course, comes from that long line of Harrison uh, brothers that have played at Carlsbad to go on to play college football. Um, a really good offensive lineman. Cypress Hill for Kearney. Um, you know, usually you don't talk about linemen when you talk about Kearney, and they got and a really a two-way guy. And He's a two-way guy, uh, and he's a very large individual as well, doing a really good job. And he's mobile. And he can move. Um, So that's another one, too. Uh, Carson Fail, El Cap. El Cap had a lot of big guys um, this year as well. And, of course, Logan Burzens, who's uh, committed to go play at uh, Stanford, which is an incredible feat to do um, for any sport or just to be able to go to school there. Um, So you have arguments for all those. Again, Logan Burzens is probably arguably the best lineman on one of the best lines, if not the best line, in San Diego County. Um, 
I can make a case for all of them. I'm going to be biased. I'm going to pick Logan Burzins. Um, because of the competition he's gone against, because of he's been starting since his sophomore year for a program that's been really good over the last um, decade, uh, and a kid that's, again, he's going to Stanford. I mean, there's a reason why he's going to Stanford. Is it is it a full-ride scholarship? No, but they still offered him a spot on the on the team, and that's a, that's a pretty impressive feat to do. Uh, much respect out to Logan. Logan knows my relationship with him. I've got a tremendous amount of respect for Logan. Uh, six weeks ago, if you asked me, I probably would have voted for Logan until I met the next young man that I'm voting for, and that is Carlsbad's Jonathan Harrison. I did not realize how dominant this young man was when it came to playing offensive line. To me, to win the Iron Hog, you have to be hands down the most physical, dominant, and impose your will offensive lineman or defensive lineman in the entire county. I haven't seen anybody do to players what Jonathan Harrison has done. I mean, that kid literally should work at IHOP because all he does <laughs> is serve pancakes. Uh, I'm I'm curious to see. They might go against each other on Friday night. You That'd never be fun. know. It'd be That'd a fun, be fun. matchup um, to see those guys play. But Carlsbad's playing uh, Cathedral in the uh, semifinals. Yeah, let's get a drum division. roll. What's the next one? Silver Pigskin. Okay, so we got seven guys on the podium this year. Normally it's only six. We have some great storylines. So was Mount la- Miguel was last year five. And last year was six. Five with the uh, five in the vote, fan vote. In the fan vote. So now you're doing six in a fan vote. There that's was right. six this year in a fan vote. That's that's listen. That's what happens when you get 13 people in the room that can't agree. And it's two o'clock in the <laughs> and morning. It's two in the morning. Everyone's, <laughs> everyone's, everyone's like, dude, the pizza's gone. You the know, sodas are with the energy drinks have worn off. There's no excedrin. Nobody's moving. Forget it. We're just gonna have seven. Two people over there in the corner sleep. You know, <laughs> those kind of nights. So we're going to seven. With that said, uh, you want to go over the Silver Pigskin finalists? Yeah, Tyson McWilliams, St. Augustine. That's our fan he, vote. The, he won the fan vote. Tyler Buckner, the Bishop School. Colt Wright of Carlsbad. Keyshawn Smith of Lincoln. Uh, Jaheim Allen Pump, uh, Pompey of Mount Miguel, who uh, broke some CIF records, right? Or state records. Absolutely. CIF, CIF records. CIF. Uh, Elion Noah of Helix and Keontae Springs of Madison. Another list of kids where um, you can make an argument for every single one of them. And it's just amazing how great it uh, San Diego high school football is. Uh, just today on the John Cantera show, we had two former high school football players in San Diego on because they're dominating at their uh, uh, Pac-12 schools that they're at. Casey Tuhill at, at Stanford and Kyle Phillips at UCLA. And two we're of trying my to, favorite guys. And we're trying to get more guys on. It's just yep. a matter of their SIDs letting us get them. Right. Sports I mean, Keenan, directors Keenan Christen no is a very popular man right now. Hey, so did you see him carrying the sword? Yeah, he did a oh, great man. job. Good job, boy. Another couple... Two touchdown day against the Arizona State. He also got back to a freshman of the week, by the way. All right, cool. Let's get on to uh, let's let's get this before we end the podcast. I I can make an argument for all these guys. There's a clear cut favorite in my opinion. In fact, one of your silver pigskin finalists even said that, and he didn't vote for himself. Um, <laughs> and the other one I thought was very interesting. This is the first. Is this the first time we have a Lincoln player in the finalists of the silver pigskin? Let me be clear here. It's the first time we've ever had a Mount Miguel Matador. And it wow. is the first time we have ever had a Lincoln Hornet. And it's the first time in 18 years that there's been a junior on the stage. Really? Oh, it's Tyler Buckner. Yep. I was sitting there, who's the junior? I was like, yeah. wait a minute, four weeks ago, Chris enlightened me that he gets to come back one more time. Um, I think it's a clear cut favorite. I don't care if he got injured. Um, in fact, I'll always go out and say it. I, I'm going to vote for Elion Noah. I think he's the best football player. I think if you asked every single high school football player that has ever played against Elion Noah <laughs> who the best player is in San Diego County, they're going to say Elion Noah because he is such a special running back and incredibly hard to tackle. I My brother played against him for two years, over the last, uh, not this season, but two years ago. Um, 
uh, for the last for for two seasons anyway. And every time I was like, "Who's who's the toughest guy?" He's, he would go, "El Elion Noah is the hardest dude to tackle because you come up on him, and every time he hits you, it feels like you just got run over by a truck. Every single time he hits you, and that's not taking that's not even like talking about his speed or the fact his uh, he can avoid. I've watched him a handful of times." Um, being able to do the 97-3 game of the week and, um, you know, working with Cathedral. L.A. Leonoa, every time, I have never seen that guy on a carry get less than four yards. I've never seen him get less than four yards after contact, let alone get less than four yards. I think he's a tremendous football player. I can't wait for him to have a speedy recovery, and I can't wait to see what he does uh, long-term in his career. I know he's not the t- not the biggest guy in the world, but I'm telling you right now, he is going to be a problem for people uh, next year in college and maybe even farther if he if he makes it that far. Um, he's my favorite player, one of my favorite players to watch. I vote for him for the Silver Pigskin um, uh, thing. I, and then again, I, I, there's so many guys on this list. Keyshawn Smith was on ESPN for You Got Mossed. Tyler Buckner is one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen. Uh, Keontae Springs is a man playing with boys uh, when he plays. Uh, so many great players. Like I said, I'm picking LL on Noah. I know you're sitting there waiting patiently to give your take, so I'm going to pass it over to you. I'll make it quick. Tyson McWilliams is one of the best corners in San Diego. Tyler Buckner maybe the, arguably the best quarterback in San Diego. Cole Wright, one of the best two-way players in, in Carlsbad, one of the only reasons Carlsbad is still around. Keyshawn Smith, man, that's like human highlight film right there. That dude will catch anything, anywhere thrown to him. You got must. Jaheim Alem Pompey, the feel-good story, man. Think about it. This kid is 129 pounds, 5'8", and he, he broke county records for receiving. Never would have guessed that coming in this year. I didn't even know who he was. Listen, I didn't even follow the kid on Twitter. Breakout story, great story. L. Elian Noah, he's a Noah. I mean, that's all I can say. They they breed Division One high school pound for pound players. Uh, I, I love Elian, and you said it right. Keontae Springs arguably one of the best running backs in San Diego County. With that said, I've had a chance to watch this kid for four years as a varsity player. I was there in the hospital room when his older brother tore his ACL, and I brought them McDonald's to him and his brother. I'm taking L. Elian Noah as my 2019 Silver Pig Game winner. I think he is got end up I think a lot of people are going to vote our way. I uh, I'm curious to we see We can't influence the votes. So. I know. I am curious to see uh, CIF player of the year when they do that voting as well because again, you're going And by the way, you're mine hear- is not strictly based on stats. You're asking me who I think the yeah. best high school football player is Straight in San up. Diego. Absolutely. That's who I think the best high school football player That's is. That's who I'm Diego. picking. That's the reason why I'm picking him. So um, people want to come at me and say, "Oh, he doesn't have this yards and he didn't finish the season or he I only don't played." Care. Listen, I've heard every argument. I even heard the arguments for Tyler Buckner when they say he didn't play anybody. Listen, the kid played his schedule, did what he was supposed to do, and had 41 passing touchdowns and some crazy number like 4,000 per all-purpose yards. I don't care, okay? Maybe that's important to some people. Then you vote the way you think you should, but I'm voting the way I think I should. And uh, I agree with that. Uh, we're running out of time, but let's uh, quickly go through the games. Uh, we wrote let's down just probably do more. Uh, you just want to go through the – you want picking yep. music? Sure. You want picking music? It's more fun. It's more entertaining. Exactly. Uh, there's and not now. as many games we have to do anymore because it, it keeps getting whittled down um, throughout the. Did you uh, say whittled? Playoffs. Yeah, whittled. What down. are we, woodworkers? Yes, absolutely. Uh, let's start with Division Five: Palo Verde Valley at Castle Park. Castle Park's favorite to win, 35-21. I like the Trojans. Castle Park. Mission Bay at Hopeville. They got to travel out to the desert, to the land of the carrots. Uh, Hopeville's favorite to win by three, 27-24. I'm going with Mission Bay. I think Aye, they with- baby, I'm taking the Bucks as well. I think they withstand uh, 
the 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 pressure there uh, of traveling. Crawford at Parker. Francis Parker projected to win 28-21. You're rolling through Crawford Colts. Let's go Colts. I'll take the Colts um, plus seven. Vincent Memorial at Southwest El Centro. Vincent Memorial is projected to win 27-7. I like that bet. I'm taking Vincent Memorial. On to Division Four. Patrick Henry at Orange Glen. Patrick Henry is projected to win 36 36- to 35 a one point deal i'm taking my youth quarterback matt castillo and the patriots let's go patriots all right wait uh, let me clarify they're both patriots i'm taking patrick henry it's patriots. the patriot bowl between patrick henry and orange glenn uh i like uh, patrick henry minus one i think it's gonna be a coin flip game anyway i like uh, patrick henry la jolla country day at montgomery montgomery's projected to win by eight or uh 28 yeah, I'm not buying that because they got this kid over there, La Jolla Country Day, EJ Kreitzman, and that dude is a surgeon with a football. I'm taking La Jolla Country Day to knock off Montgomery. So you think they win? All right, that's fine. I'm going to take La Jolla Country Day plus 28 just to be safe. All right, moving on. Escondido at Santana. Santana's projected to win 38-14. I think it's a little closer than that, but I do think the Sultans win. I do too. I'll take Santana. Coronado at Sarah. Sarah is projected to win 40-12. to I like that. You know, they got a Coronado. Coronado had they're covering. Are they First of all, they're covering. I'm taking Sarah, but Coronado had their their day in the the, the spotlight in this in the sun last week. They don't get it done against Sarah. Sarah's just too strong. I'm taking the Conquistadors. Q dogs. I like the Conquistadors Q-dogs. as well. Division three Central at San Diego. It's a long trip for the Central. Uh, what are they? The Spartans. Uh, they're projected to win by seven. However. Uh, San Diego High at home on the uh, underdogs. I'm going to take Central, though, to be honest with you. Well, you know, I was talking to a coach today about this game specifically, and they talked about the fact that the players over at Central are fast and very, very, very disciplined and well-coached. They fill up holes. And when there's there's not a lot of holes to run through, with Mo being injured, Amari Irie doesn't have really much to go anywhere. I don't think San Diego's got enough in the tank. I'm going to take Central to beat San Diego at home. Brawley at Hilltop. Hilltop's projected to win by seven at home. I like Hilltop. I'm taking Hilltop Lancers. Let's go, Drew Wesling and boys. Let's go. Modern Day at La Jolla. La Jolla is projected to win 24 to 22. I was rolling with Modern Day going into the uh, playoffs. I know they got an injury at uh, potentially a quarterback, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the, my pick for Division Three. I'm gonna go with Modern Day over La Jolla. I'm taking Modern Day over La Jolla as well, and spe- specifically because of Aiden Calvert. Aiden, Aiden Calvert, Calvert is one of the most toughest pound for pound players in San Diego High School football. I'm taking Aiden Calvert Modern Day to beat Jackson Stratton and the La Jolla Vikings. West Hills at Script Ranch. Script Ranch projected to win by 28 as well. Uh, any chance West Hills has a uh, chance in this game? I got Scripps big time. Nope. Scripps Ranch going to ship. On Division 2, we got three more to go uh, through here. Three more divisions. Bishops versus Poway. That game will be played at Mira Mesa High School. Bishops projected to win 38-28. I think they cruise to a win. I will agree with you, and I'll tell you what. I know the quarterback over there, Bishops, is looking forward to putting a lot of people in their place when they said he didn't play anybody. So he's going to go out, circle this game on his calendar, and he's going to beat Poway. I'm taking Bishops over Poway. Here's his first uh, test, right, to play somebody, I guess. El Camino at San Pasqual. El Camino, although they are the under are the uh, underdog according to Seed, they're not the underdog according to Cal Preps. They're projected to win 27-21. to 
And after watching them play Valley Center last week, I like that pick. Uh, this one's going to be a route. I'm taking El Camino all the way. Morris versus Santa Fe Christian. This game will be at Torrey Pines High School. Morris is projected to win 27-17. to 17. I like Morris minus 10. I'll take the Tigers as well. Uh, Jacob Hicks is going to run for over 200 yards. Christian at Vista. Vista projected to win by 26 over Christian. I like the Vista Panthers to cover that. You know, I feel bad for Christian because this is a bad seed to get. This is a team you don't want to see in the playoffs, but I'm taking the Vista Panthers to win. On to Division One, Torrey Pines at Lincoln. This one's very intriguing. Over at the Hive, the Hive uh, of Lincoln supposed to win by eight. You know, if history tells us anything, this is the game and the smoke that Gladnick wanted. These teams have faced each other over eight times in seven-on-seven seven in the offseason. They always want to play each other in the regular season, and guess what? Gladnick finally got what he was wishing for. They have to travel down to Lincoln to play at Lincoln, but I don't think he's got the dogs to run with the Hornets. I'm taking Lin- Lin- I'm taking Lincoln to win this game. I think Lincoln wins, but I don't think they cover the spread. I think it's a close one. But I'm telling you right now, Torrey Pines' secondary cannot hang with Lincoln's receivers. I was, You said it. I didn't. They got torched by Carlsbad's guys, and well, Carlsbad's got some really good receivers too. They don't have Keyshawn Smith. But they don't have Keyshawn Smith. They don't have Ben Joe O'Brien. They don't have Darius De Los Reyes. And Noah Vela. And they Cole don't Wright, have <laughs> T.J. Young. Uh, I, listen, the offensive weapons. They, they, it, listen, and it also depends on quarterback play for Lincoln. So I don't know what quarterback they're going to start over there. So, but I do think Lincoln wins this game. Let's I go high. I don't think it matters what quarterback they start. I still think they beat Torrey Pines, but I think it's close. Grossmont at Madison. Madison's projected to win 35-26. They beat the team once. I think they beat them a second time. I like Madison in the spread. You know, it's hard to beat a team twice, but we're talking about Rick Jackson here. <laughs> so I'm going to go Rick Jackson, and I'm going to tell you what. Whether it's in Wildcat, whether it's in straight running the ball, you're going to see a whole lot of Keontae. We're not talking about the ones you drink. We're talking about the running back. Keontae Springs is going to run it down their throat. And we know Chase Carl is going to tweet at us as soon as Grossmont wins if they do win. Let's go, Chase. Costa Canyon at Mission Hills. Mission Hills is projected to win 21-12. I like that pick. You know, this is a hard one for me to pick. I didn't want to pick this game, but since we put it out there... I'm taking the Grizzlies. Let's go, Mission Hills. Oceanside at Steel Canyon. Steel Canyon projected to win 28-17. I like the Cougars at home. I do like Oceanside to uh, make it a little bit closer than that. This is my upset. Everybody's Number taking Steel Canyon. Number, Steel Canyon loses this week and Oceanside advances. I'm taking Kavika Tua and the Pirates. Wow. I'm going to text you as soon as Steel Canyon wins by 35 points. Uh, Carlsbad <laughs> at Cathedral. Cathedral's projected to win 31-14. I like the Dons to win, but I don't like them to win by that much. They got an injury at quarterback, of course, no more. Uh, uh, DJ Ralph, they do have a sophomore quarterback playing there. This two teams have played each other four out of the last five years in the playoffs. Cathedral's 3-1 and one in those games. You know Coach Thad McNeil's going to have his boys ready to go against the Cathedral Catholic Dons. I think this one is very close. I think Carlsbad has a really good chance to upset Cathedral. I think Cathedral, if they win, they're going to win by maybe a field goal. That's how close this game's going to be. If you'd asked me three weeks ago, a month ago, I'd have said, oh, this went all the way, Cathedral. Mm-hmm. But they just lost to Lincoln. They got a lot of guys hurt. They got a lot of guys hurt. They don't have their starting quarterback. They don't have their leader in the heart and soul of that team. I'll tell you what. I'm going to be the guy to say it first. Carlsbad is going to knock off Cathedral this weekend. You're not the only one saying it first. Everybody I've talked to says Carlsbad's the clear-on favorite to win. In fact, nobody even thinks that Dons can even get the victory. 
without DJ Ralph. Are you well, surprised? Um, you know what? No. That's why. That's why his leadership my, is my, something you cannot replace. In my bias, I uh, only have Cathedral winning by three. You know what? I've got Carlsbad. Carlsbad's gonna win. Wait, did you just flip? I did. Carlsbad's Wait, how are you win. gonna go to practice tomorrow? Hey, you know what? Well, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll motivate him. Listen, maybe. for all the the Cathedral people out there, he really didn't flip. I'm I'm just pushing him to say that so I you pick, can blame I'm, me. I'm picking Carlsbad. Okay. I think Carlsbad gets the victory. You don't want that I think smoke. They, I think they go over the top. I think they beat. Uh, I think they beat the Cathedral. last one we got. Who is it? Saint Augustine at Helix. Helix is projected to win forty-one thirty-one by ten over the Saint Augustine Saints. I picked Carlsbad. And guess what? I think it's going to be an all-purple open division championship. What? St. Augustine over Helix. No way. I'm taking the Helix Scotties all day long, every day of the week. I'm sorry. Listen, between Washington, Keontae Scott, Delshawn Trailer, Cameron Brown, Jahari Hill, the list of dudes goes on and on and on. And the, the brotherhood these dudes are playing with, listen, I love the Saintsmen, and they know I got love for them, but this is a team of destiny. Helix wins this game. You know the Saintsmen are the real the real brotherhood. Do you okay. believe anything I just said right there? You know, you're you, you can't, I don't know, dude. On, I mean, Chris, listen, listen. Of I've course got a cathedral I'm picking Helix, guy. dude. Come on. Uh, <laughs> okay. That well. was horrible. I can't believe you bought that. You really know you're like your fa- his face I'm was like, wait like, a minute. Are you he's kidding picking me? against Cathedral and Saints? I'm picking I mean, against, against Cathedral Helix? and Force. No, of course what? not. What? Highlanders are going to smash St. Augustine. Ooh. I, I will tell you this. Saints has, out of the four teams that are in the open division playoffs, Saints has the least amount of guys hurt okay. in important roles. I don't know. I mean, is Tyson 100%? He's still playing. Is he 100% though? Noah's not playing. DJ Ralph's not playing. Noah's not playing. At what percentage do you still take Tyson McWilliams against Jahari Hill? At what percent? At 50% are you still taking him? At 75 what percent? At what percent to cover Jahari Hill? Yeah. I'd take him at 50. Oof. I don't know. I need it 100%. He's, Jahari Hill's 6'4", man, and he's got hops. He's a basketball player. There's a reason why he's on your silver pigskin finalist. True. The dude can play. Okay. And what about, okay, what about Washington? The, Let's talk about Washington. That Washington's dude. Washington's good. I, all I'm saying is the only thing going for Saints right now is they're the least banged up out of the four schools. That's so all I said. you don't think that Helix has studied that game film for Saints? Studied and studied and studied and studied. Know their traditions. Know how they do things. San Augustine did the same thing with Helix. Yeah, how'd that work out last time? Well, last time they played each other in the playoffs, it worked out pretty well for San Augustine. And this season? They won in the championship. Hey, and this season? Saints Saints beats Helix in the playoffs. So you're saying like. the Saints come marching home? If I had to pick an upset, no, I can't. I, I still you can't pick, do it. I pick Helix. Thank I'm still telling. All you. I said, Joe Kramer, was all I, will, I, I would text you Braden's number so you can personally say thank you for not sticking up for my guys. All I'm saying, like I said, is Saints is the least banged up out of the four schools. That's all I said. What does then, that even mean? They got guys that can actually play in the game because they're physically able to do so. That's important. Okay. They're the closest to full strength. Okay. How do you not understand what that means? I, Helix is going to be fine. Helix is going to be Helix fine. is going to be fine. Yeah, they just start like getting guys from all over listen, the place. Listen, listen, I'll t- tell you what. Real talk, everybody is so focused on El- Elian Noah not playing this game that you're not paying attention to the sophomore running back. That's a grown man over there. If you've ever seen Washington without pads, yes, he's a sophomore. 
that kid is ripped and he's physical. He already looks like a D1 running back and he's a freaking sophomore. He will definitely be a D1 running back one day, but he is not. And by the way, they've got arguably one of the Who's best better? running Who's... back coaches in all of San Diego County and Jason Van. I'm taking the Scotties all the way. No question. We've been over this. We've already agreed. Injuries. You're killing me. I'm just saying. You're killing me. I I didn't say they were going to win. I just said they had injuries. I don't, they had I don't the least amount of injuries. I, I was just saying. I was just be aware that if Saints does win, it's because they're the least banged up. I digress. And we're just listening to primetime football uh, music. Uh, that was good. Good stuff today. Uh, got all the uh, awards how long in. We, how long we run today? 114. That's not bad. It's about average. A little over. It's, it's about average. Yeah. We, uh, we had a, Are we you a, not entertained? We had to break down the... Uh, uh, the pigskin stuff. Yep. Uh, so those are our picks for this week. Um, be sure to tweet at Chris. Where are you going to be at? Uh, we got Cathedral and Carlsbad. I'm going Saints Helix. I got to see that game. I got to see the rematch. I got to see. Listen, it's a heavyweight fight, man. Listen, I, I love going to heavyweight open fights. Open division playoffs. I love open division playoffs. Yeah, it's great stuff. I still wish it was eight teams. We got to get four more teams no, that are up four to is there. right. Well, right now with the with the caliber of teams, yeah. But I want to see eight. I want to see us like the Southern section in their Division One, where they got a bunch of heavy hitters up. Brody, there. we're a long way off from that. I didn't say compete with the current Southern section. I want to say eight competitive teams. We don't have teams. eight competitive eight teams. Eight competitive anymore. teams would be nice. We don't have it. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. Um, I think it was very interesting. Uh, I and again, I'm still sticking with my point that whoever wins the open division is going to be in the state championship. I agree. Especially with Narbonne not being available to play. And uh, I think they handle um, Division... It'll be what, 2A or 1A? Uh, 1AA. They'd be in Division 1. I. I don't remember how they do it between A and AA. Um, but then they'd probably take on either... They'll probably take on Division 2 of the Southern section, which is like our equivalent of Division 1. Right. Or the Central section, they might flop down to the Southern section this year and you'd play the champion of that, which is... Uh, That's fine by me. Uh, same caliber team uh, rating wise as Helix and Cathedral. We so. just don't want we don't want that smoke of Southern Section. Yeah, di- Southern Section to. Division One automatically goes to the Open Championship. Yeah, we don't no want plan. that. Uh, I don't want that smoke. Either. I don't want that smoke. Uh, you know, who might want some smoke next year. Cathedral apparently might be playing De La Salle next year. Yeah, well, I heard that rumor this year. Well, I hear that rumor every year. Uh, yeah, well, every year is until it happens. It's just talk. I'm just saying, it's it just sounds talk. like it's uh, solidified. We'll have more on that next well, week. You better start working on that young quarterback there. You know, here's he the, didn't look so good against Lincoln. Here's by the, the way. thing with the here's the thing with he, the sophomore hey, that's quarterback. That's a Meyer, and I respected him, and I I, I, listen, I was expecting a little bit more out of him than what I saw. He's he's like 14 years old. Yeah, but he's like six five. Yeah, man. he's just a freaking because, giant. Hey man, just because you're six, he five looked great in JV. Yeah, he did. Look like he could read coverages. Look at making the read right right reads. He looked great. There's a lot and more complicated like, calls on the he varsity level. He looked like a deer in headlights out there, There's brother. a lot more complicated calls at the varsity level than there are at the JV level. Just and saying. the freshman level. Just saying. Again, he's the son of Rick Meyer. I'm sure he'll be fine. Work with him. I'm looked sure like a deer fine. in headlights I'm, out there I'm, last week. I'm, I'm sure he'll be fine. We're digressing. We're trying to end this podcast uh, on Marquise a decent Allen time. Marquise Allen Patman was licking his chops. Well, let's uh, end the podcast at a decent time. <laughs> are you not entertained? There's a huge gap on this that I'm, I'm not liking, but we're going to end it right now. Thanks again for tuning in, uh, tuning in to the uh, High School Football Podcast. I've been here way too long today. I need to go home, uh, watch some action and uh, some other things, and uh, get uh, get going on next week. I'm excited for uh, this Friday. I said where I was going to go. Where are you going to go? I told you. St. Helix. St. Helix, that's right. Open division. Yep. You never pick a game to go to when we do this podcast, but um, you picked one this time. Congrats. Thanks. 
What's up, guys? It's Braden Soprenit. And Top Dog. Thanks again for downloading the High School Football Podcast right here on Radio.com. Be sure to check out all of our other podcasts like Ben and Woods, The John Quintero Show, and Gwen and Chris. And be sure to subscribe so you can never miss a High School Football Podcast. I'm Braden Soprenit. And I'm Top Dog. Thanks for downloading the High School Football Podcast on Radio.com. Are you not entertained? We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.